<laughs> let me see if I can. I didn't write this down. I'm just gonna kind of wing it. So we're gonna see how this works. And then if, if it sucks, I will. I'll write it down first. Okay. At the latest episode of Once Upon a Time, is Hook going to be okay? Are we finally going to free Emma from the darkness? What kind of evil things are in store for Dark Hook? Well, we're not really going to bother with that right now. Uh, meanwhile, over in this other area, we're going to do this instead. Hey everyone, welcome back to Once Upon a Timing. I'm Beth Elderkin. I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, and um, you're right. This episode definitely does have the newscaster switching from a very heavy topic to being like, and that's when they found the bones in the well. Anyway, back in Bakersville, they're having a puppy parade. Let's go. Like, no, what? What's happening with the well situation? Ugh. Yes. I love it. I also love how I just everyone raised your hand if you were jarred by the brand new entrance, because... <laughs> Beth goes, I'm going to do something different. I was like, oh, no. I thought you were going to sing. I genuinely did. No, see, I, I, will, I will sing in the future because there is an episode where a singing intro will be required. But no, for this one, I kept thinking of in Toy Story 2 when he's watching Woody's Roundup and then it has like ah. that one episode where it's like, will Woody get there in time? Find out next week. And then nothing happens because the, the next show episode. got canceled. What happens next? That's it. That's all that happens. Uh, yes, because we ended last week with birth, ended with the huge cliffhanger, the reveal that, that there's not one but two dark ones and Hook is a dark one and he... Has re he's reclaimed his memory. And so who knows what's going to happen, but it's probably going to be bad. But we don't know what's going to happen because instead we have season five, episode nine, The Bear King, which aired on the same night in a two-parter where the only connection, and they show this in the previously on, is Arthur and Zelina run away. And they run away into this episode. It's such a bad, I don't understand. I genuinely don't remember sitting through this as a two-parter. I feel like it would have ticked me off. I This is the part where I'm like, I'm, I'm wishing we did have ac like easier access to our earlier episodes because I, I would love to pick my own brain as to how I felt about this being a two-parter because I do have that memory of being very annoyed with this episode. Like, I went into it being annoyed. <laughs> it was like, I was like, oh, damn it. And then I got more annoyed as it kept going. So I think I was just rehashing old feelings. For me, I actually was more forgiving of it at first. As the episode's starting, I'm like, okay, I know what I'm getting into. I'm watching this isolated. I'm not coming on the heels of a really big reveal on Once Upon a Time with, you know, into this so I can just sit back and enjoy it for what it is. Kind of like how just one or two nights ago, I watched Olaf's Frozen Adventure, which was that 30-minute short film that they made. That they put in front of Coco or something that, randomly. <laughs> yes, that they put in front of Coco. And when it was in front of Coco, it was the worst thing I'd ever seen in my life. I wanted to die. But watching it by itself, outside of the, I just want Coco to start, damn it. That's what I'm here for. It wasn't that bad. Okay. And so I was I kind of that. hoping for that to happen here. By the end, 
It did not. Listen, I I was not prepared to be that forgiving. And then the moment Yukon Cornelius, a.k.a. King Fergus, made an appearance, I kind of gave up. I was like, I don't know what they did to his wig and why they threw it into the highway for a while before putting it back on his head. The uh, wigs, the accents, the actors chosen for these roles are all choices made by people half asleep. I People got paid to make a bunch of these choices and good for them for getting that bag. But I had so many questions. I ended up down a rabbit hole about actors uh, that played the different parts because I was convinced that Merida's mother was the same age as she was. She's only about 10 years older, but she, like other than the gray streak that they put in her hair, she, they looked the same. They looked the same age. They were eight years apart. Eight years, yeah. actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were, yeah. It was like... That's not enough. So the weird thing is this episode was written by Andrew Shambliss, who's written a lot of episodes for Once Upon a Time. He also co-wrote Ruby Slippers, which we're going to talk about a little bit later on in the episode because... I've got some some thoughts, some hindsight thoughts I'd like to share about that whole situation. Mm-hmm. And it was directed by Jeffrey Hildrew, who I don't really know. I haven't rec- seen his credit before. I'm sure he's done stuff. But this was a longstanding writer for Once Upon a Time. So you'd think it would have more of that to it. This is an executive producer. Someone who's been on the show since like season two. Yeah, but this but just, no, it didn't. No, it just, it also just was, this was not an episode of Once Upon a Time. This was like an adventure, like a side quest. The fact that it was a main episode. Like, I could see this being intercut with a regular storyline when we're dealing with the main cast, but this definitely had like a very special Christmas episode, not Christmas episode, but like holiday episode where we couldn't get the regular actors, but we got these and it's in that same world and let's see if we like it. I, I think that's mostly what, what got me. We're we're knee deep in the middle of the season and they gave us a weird standalone not even bottle episode because it is it a bottle episode? Kinda. It kinda, kinda. is. Yeah, because you could take this episode outside of the main storyline and it wouldn't have any impact. It no. was just explaining what Arthur and Zelina were doing for a little while. The thing I that really irks me about this episode, which again, isn't the worst thing in terms of television. It's just not good. But the fact that we got this and we never got a, what are the people in Storybrooke doing? Yeah, exactly. While, you know, while everybody is in the underworld or while everybody is in the enchanted forest trying to help Emma be free from the darkness. We already had characters and like the fact that they brought Mulan and Ruby into this instead of it was it, it it's a mess the only saving grace is the fact that amy manson is just so talented as merida but she's surrounded by a, just her her whole family cast and her whole scottish clan cast is a bunch of yahoos oh it's so bad she's acting her absolute ass off and She's doing a great job. She was a, I, I genuinely, the first time I watched it, I don't think I, I don't think I was paying enough attention to her, quite honestly. 
Mm-hmm. I was kind of like m- looking at it more of like the forest for the trees situation or flip that. So like now I've been able to pay a little bit more attention and I like a lot of the choices she makes. Um, I like that she stopped doing the little stompy thing. <laughs> I think she did it like her first appearance. And I was like, no, no, that's a, that's the stomp of a 10 year old. You don't, you don't, that doesn't follow you into adulthood. Um, but yeah, like she's doing so good, but she's, she's standing there acting next to these people wearing the most busted wigs. Like, it's so busted. and it's again, it's that thing where in full daylight, it just looks worse. Like I, especially the one, I don't remember which, which of the like little princelings it was. The one that has the white hair. Oh the, yeah. The big, like, like I just stuck my finger in a light socket, big white hair. And like, he's on the battlefield and they tried to make him look like he had prowess. And I'm like, he would die immediately. He He's just wearing shiny armor and has a big white wig. They'd kill him immediately. What and he happening? still didn't get to talk. No. no. They only gave dialogue to the one hot guy, which they he had a look with Merritt at the end, and I'm like, okay, I get it. Yeah, I have a feeling. they. I know that they, I was reading on the um, one of the wikis, that they went and they talked to the people who developed Merida to get stuff about, like, the costuming and get information and stuff. And I have a feeling it was a, no, you don't. You could maybe hint at it. It's kind of like Elsa, probably, where it was just like, we don't, we don't give her love interest. Like, she is, she, that's not for her. And so it's like, we'll just put her near a hunky boy and let the fans do the rest. Um, and, yeah. Or, as the fans would actually do, uh, they'd co- create a, uh, a thruple or a quadruple. I've got the ship names here. I'm so excited for all this shit. This the episode that launched ships out of what I can only imagine was just mostly boredom. I I just I truly this episode it I I'm bagging on it really hard, but I don't I just kind of nothing to this episode. Mm-hmm. I'll just state that up top. I don't have any strong feelings one way or the other. But I'm gonna like uh, let's get into it because yeah, I think getting we, into it yeah getting before into it is probably get the to best the thruple way. that 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 dare that dare not speak its name because the showrunners refused to let it exist or maybe it was Disney executives who knows we only could have public domain LGBTQ storylines in this show oh you guys. yeah because this this episode was right in the middle of like mid two thousands queer baiting like uh-huh. this this the, these ships specifically in the show get brought up. Every time the conversation of queer baiting gets brought up anymore. I mean, it's second place always to Supernatural. Mm-hmm. But it's there. It's a, it's always top three for people. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and it's we're going to go into the past. It's just two years ago, but it feels like forever. It's a lifetime ago. So much has changed since then. And hey, remember when the, the witch wasn't there last time, Abby? Oh, witch is there now. She's Yay. there now. And right. she's also got a busted wig. <laughs> her wig made me laugh every single time I saw her. Um, so the witch is in the hut. King Fergus, who, again, I'm not going to keep calling him Yukon Cornelius, but the mustache drove me bonkers. Like, somehow was worse than the one on his head. It was so... I, I get what they were trying to do, but it was so bad. It was. And the fact that both he... And the woman who played Meredith's mom were Irish. Yeah. Was so funny because you could hear the Irish coming through yeah. every time. Uh-huh. Like, 
I mean, props that they didn't just get, you know, American actors, although the one who plays the witch is American and you can 100% tell. Oh, Scottish is such... I think we, I, I think we had this conversation last time. Uh, the Scottish is a very... It's a tough one. It is, yes. It, it's tough to pretend to have, let alone to just have and be clear for some... Like, t- for an American audience, I'll put it that way. A lot of times you're just like... I know with Outlander, they kind of came up against that a couple of times. You watch this with subtitles. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I watched this episode with subtitles on the whole time. Um. So uh, I also love that in the story of Brave, this little witch's hut kind of only appears out of the necessity of Merida finding her way. But like now it's just a location. We go there a bunch. Like it's a Legend of Zelda map. And... Like, now King Fergus has gone there. Like, it's just a it's a one-stop shop for all your bear trinkets and uh, cauldron doings. Uh, he's there because he wants magic uh, to, to be able to ensure the, um, uh, what is, he, he words it in a certain way, and I don't remember what it is, but like, ensure the, oh, ensure the future of his kingdom. And so she gives him a magic helmet, and it is supposed to, like, imbue the person with the ability to lead men into battle like if you wear this helmet or the helm they will follow you blindly it is just a absolutely we will do this and he's like cool awesome fantastic cut to they are being uh fergus is now walking and carrying the helm and he's walking with merida into like a like a battlement war camp and She's got her 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 best uh, steampunk corset vest on. Yes. Oh, listen, they raided that for that and and Ruby's outfit later. Um, and basically they're having like a king to future queen conversation, and it's just a yeah you like you got to make sure that you're you're the they know that you will be the first one to die when you go into battle. Like it's important for that. Like smash cut to like Fergus like running first, but like being very winded and falling behind during the battle scene, which I thought was a funny uh, addition. And basically just talking about how, like, it's important that the men trust you and that your people believe in you. And Merida's like, oh, look at them. They're writing love letters. What a bunch of dorks. He's like, yeah, they're writing wills. (laughs) Like, they're pretty sure they're all going to die and they want to make sure that the $15 to their name gets passed on. Otherwise, I'm going to tax it. Yeah, I'm going to tax the absolute shit out of it. I'm also a terrible king. No, he's not. (laughs) And so he's like, but anyway, you need to be trained to fight. She's like, absolutely. Even though our battle is in 14 hours. Seriously, the battle's on its way. We're going to teach you to fight right now. I don't know why we didn't think of this before. And Mir's like, absolutely not. I don't need to do this. this. This, this, this person comes in and just absolutely bodies Merida to the ground and she just rips off her helmet. I love all the dramatic helmet reveals. It's so much drama in the olden days. You just got to pull up. You're like, you don't know who I am. It's me. And she's got the hair, so she gets to do the Charlie's Angel, like, hair whoosh. It's oh, this me, was very, yeah, This Mulan. was very Lucy Liu in the fencing garb in the yes. Charlie's Angel. That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's me, Mulan. This episode, I know I've I've joked about it before, but it was like a Tumblr post where it was just like, you know, Lightning McQueen is fighting with Tigger and they're trying to get, you know, Rumpelstiltskin to something, whatever. 
like trying to explain once upon a time. This is such a quintessential once upon a time nightmare scenario of trying to explain <laughs> the plot. Okay, so Merida from Brave, right? She's being trained by Mulan. You know Mulan. Anyway, they find Little Red Riding Hood, who's actually the wolf. And they're trying to stop the Wicked Witch and King Arthur. Yeah, that King Arthur. Because he's trying to kill Merlin. So oh, whole- and King Arthur also invaded her country and killed her father. You know King Fergus, that guy you really like from the Brave movie? Yeah, absolutely stone cold murdered. Uh, by by King Arthur, you know, of legend. So- but it's okay, Magic Beer is going to bring him back <laughs> for a few Magic minutes. Magic Beer in a Scottish tale that doesn't exist as far as I can tell, or maybe Disney spelled it wrong. We'll get there. So Mulan is there to teach her to fight. So With honor. With honor. We must yes. bring honor to our families. And they're fighting in like the side behind the camps or whatever. And the boys come up because they only travel in packs as teenage boys are wont to do. Be like, ha ha, you got a girl training you because you're a girl. And being trained by a girl is funny for reasons we will not get into because we don't know. We, we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel for our insults. So... But like King Fergus kind of hears about this and he's super mad about it. He's like, listen, I will cut the tongue out of anybody. Very game. House of Dragons. I will cut the tongue of anyone that insults my daughter. How dare you? But then Mulan is just like, don't. She's doing the rise above thing. Just like chin up. Don't let them see you react. Conceal, don't, don't feel. Trolls. Yeah. Which is never like no, nothing. Nothing worked like that doesn't work. That was my my dad always gave me that when I was bullied in middle school. It's just like, don't let them see you, you know, like react. And I'm like, yeah, but then they just keep pushing it because they know eventually they'll crack you. Like, they're just teenage bullies are monsters. Like, <laughs> it's so a lose lose scenario. For it is sure. an absolute lose. It would just feel better if I was just crying. So I'll just cry. And so they decide to walk by. It's fine. And then it's like the next morning. Don't think anything happens between then and then. But like the next morning, Mulan's like, we should go fight. We should go practice. And Mulan's like, I haven't had my Starbucks yet. Why are we doing this? It's so early. Uh, the battle's happening. Mulan is distracting her from the battle, um, which is a terrible plan because like a Braveheart battle, like is what's happening there, is louder than hell. Like you're just going to hear screaming and clanking. You, how f- She didn't take her very far. <laughs> just clank, clank, rah! What's happening? It also Nothing. seems a little... I get like the Mulan a couple of years later will do anything for a buck, like fighting wise. But, like, it seems weird that her whole thing is, I'm going to train you. I'm a warrior. I'm training you to be a warrior. We're warriors together. And then she takes her away from the battle to keep her safe because her dad, Merida's dad, Her dad wants to to. keep her safe. Yeah, I don't buy that at all. Um, Mulan wouldn't do that. No, unless Mulan was also then tricked. Because then Mulan never lets her go into the battle. Mm -hmm. So Merida runs. She goes in there. The whole setup to this battle is the fact that they don't know who they're fighting. These people just sort of showed up. They didn't treat with them. They don't know why. They're they're just full on in war mode, which gives me a lot more context for why Arthur is the worst. Not that he wasn't the worst before, but like he went full colonizer. Like he was just like, oh, I heard there was magic in this strange land that I'm not a part of and I need that magic. So I'm going to get off my boat with a sword and I will just cut down literally everybody. 
literally anybody that could tell me about this magic. And I'll just kill him. And I'll find the magic by myself. It's fine. So I have a couple a couple observational thoughts. Lay them on me. One, the whole thing about Arthur is that he used this magic dust to essentially brainwash his entire kingdom into supporting him into whatever he does. To the point where one of his followers in the future dies by suicide because Arthur commands him to. So why does he need the helm? I have no idea. I also couldn't figure this out. Also, how did he know the helm was the helm? That wasn't what he was there for. And all of a sudden he magically knows what this helm is and what it can do. It's just a helmet. Yeah. And then finally, the the battle scene was so funny. Because I was just watching all the extras. Because every single one of them was reacting to this scene in a different way. Some of them were super excited. They're like, I am on camera. I am going to scream to the heavens. Other guys were literally walking (laughs) as they were charging. Like I saw this old guy just walk in front of the frame, like just taking a stroll for the afternoon. It was a thing of beauty. It felt like art. I'm obsessed with like fight scenes like that because they are built up to be very cinematic but if you don't have everybody being as cinematic, like, this was no Helm's Deep. This was no Battle of the Bastards. This was no... I don't remember what any of the battles in Braveheart were called. But you know what I mean? Like, everybody has to be on point. But it's... Nope. This is fresh morning battle. Most of the extras were not briefed on what's going on. Many of them are not wearing their outfits correctly. Um, I saw a couple weird sash things pinned in ways that I didn't understand. I'm sure if we frame by framed it, we'd find a Starbucks cup. I'm sure we would. It's just, and again, I couldn't stop focusing on the white haired bully boy. I don't remember what his name was. It was he, I don't think he was Macintosh. He was. No, Macintosh was the blue paint guy. Blue paint. Okay. So hunky, hunky, hunky guy was, was Macintosh. And then there was MacGuffin, which made me laugh because MacGuffin. And then the other one was like, McLeary, uh, I think. McStuffins. Uh, I don't remember. McLeary, sure. But again, he goes out there and they just try to make him like, they cast this guy to look very similar to the way that he did in Brave. And in Brave, he's just like this short kind of squatty guy with crazy hair. And then they're just like, we're going to make him a battle master. And he's going to go out there and absolutely destroy. No one will touch him. He is the just art of war. Amazing. It's like, what a strange choice. And as the battle is going on, Merritt is trying to get there and she sees sees her dad and she's trying to shout to him because a man with a uh, masked helmet is approaching and she's screaming, dad, dad, Fergus, Fergus. And he's not turning around. He's not like, of course he died. He has the worst battle awareness of anybody in the planet. (laughs) Arthur was practically like... Just tiptoe. It was like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. He could have announced he was coming. King Fergus, here I come. He doesn't know his name. He doesn't know who he's fighting. He doesn't know anything about them. Also, because the helmet doesn't quite fit on for like they did not find a prop that was going to fit on him and make him look like a battle master. 
They put the, it looked like a child wearing a hat. It was always crooked and kind of falling down. The giant wig could not save it. See, I'm going to pretend that that's because he very last minute did the swappy swap. Yes. And so the one he swappy swapped for was just like he found it in in one of the trunks or something and, and, and it didn't fit right. It did also remind me if you've watched How, How to Train Your Dragon, uh, where they give Hiccup, <laughs> the dad gives Hiccup the helmet. He's like, what is it? It's It was your mother's. We made it out of her breastplate. <laughs> just this giant. Um, but anyway, she's yelling down. He's not turning around. Um, this is why you have fun nicknames for your parents, by the way, because I don't know. This is this is like a Scottish land. How many people are probably named after the king? You know what I mean? Like, how yeah. many people are probably named Fergus? Uh, also, dad. How many people died on the battlefield because they turned around and thought that their daughter was calling them? Like, oh my god! <laughs> and anyway, Arthur comes up swinging the sword like a butcher, just like I will stab you. And we see Merida's famous shot that she misses. She she cl- clips his cloak, and a very bloody stab. Mm-hmm. This is a very out of pocket scene for Once Upon a Time. And Fergus dies, and then Mulan. Is like dragging her away from the battle for plot convenience because Mulan wouldn't have let that happen. Like if Mulan would have watched her father get cut down in battle, she would have run in. But she was like pulling Merida away as if it was like a, no, 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 we have to get you out of here. The king is dead. We must spirit you away. We mu- your, your safety is the most paramount. Like she didn't care. Mulan doesn't care about the... like royal lineage Mulan's like the bomb's about to go off we must go we must go we must away soon there will be a coup we must go and it's just like he's been cut down in battle and also like all these people that are like later giving Merida hell let Arthur walk away like his their king was gunned down in front of them and they did nothing that man was left to live i i don't anyway but anyway he's just like yes i have killed the king i have felled him and then he lifts his little thing and he's listen nothing against the actor he's he's fine but it was just like he lifts it you just see his little face sticking through and i was like (laughs) you you dork (laughs) like absolute nerd and it's arthur no arthur killed Meredith's father what has he done the the characterization of Arthur has just become worse from episode to episode and I don't know why I they had a good thing going and they had a good actor to do it but he's just become a walking punchline yeah well he's he's like such a doofus he is because I think that they tried to make him at least my understanding at the beginning of the season was he was going to be more of like a morally gray villain where he's doing bad things, but in his heart, he believes what he's doing is correct and will eventually atone for those things and be a good king. But war crime after war crime continues to be committed, but also all of his plans are terrible. I don't want this man to be in charge of a Wendy's. So, yeah, I don't know. This I think this episode kind of did me in on Arthur. Like I was, I, I think we were kind of teetering on the edge. This little mm-hmm. misadventure, 
Like, first of all, he did, none of this needed to happen. This was all, like, I think probably sounded good up top, but once the characterization of Arthur got as far as it did before the Bear King, it made this weirder, so. Yeah, the whole, you know, fallen hero, you know, trapped within his own prophecy, that's a good story. And they had a good actor for it. The actor is good. It's just, this is stupid. So let's go ahead and get into <laughs> Arthur and Zelina. The and stupidness. Good. Let's just, just stupid. do it. Let's just freaking do it. Okay, I've got my wine here. Let's just do it. Let's just go. It's a Tuesday. <laughs> it's an absolute Tuesday and it's we've lost our It's an absolute Tuesday mood. All right, so we, we get in on Arthur and Zelina having escaped from the woods and they're back in Camelot and... Arthur is angry and he's fallen down. Once again, Arthur's Pratt falls three for three. He just keeps going. And they're, they're just talking back and forth and they just don't know what to do uh, because they failed so miserably. And Arthur's like, well, we need to do something. Zelina's like, I know we need to do something. We need some. And then Arthur's like, oh, well, if we need to do something, I know a way we can do something. I need my knights to fight for me. They're not going to just fight for me because they're all hypnotized and brainwashed. They need a second layer of hypnotizing brainwash, I guess. And I know yeah. exactly where to get it. I Don't worry. I know exactly where to go. We need to go to the Highlands. Uh, yeah, this whole this whole first scene, too, just seems so clumsy. Like, it was a placeholder for better script later. And they never fixed it. It's it's so bad. And we like we see them go to the witch's hut. Because uh, they're trying to, you know, figure out where the helm is. Because Arthur and Zelina know that it came from the witch. Like, they know a lot of information about this helm. They yeah. read the script. Yeah. <laughs> That's how much they know. Which yeah. made no sense in the world, the logic of the show. Or no, the not a single bit of it. And they catch, there's a wolf there. They put the wolf to sleep, takes a little nappy nap, and they intimidate the witch to reveal where the helm is, and it's in Helm's Deep. It's in Helm's Deep. (laughs) But while that's happening, Merida, Merida, she's about to be crowned queen. She's going to her coronation. Um, So I tried to look this up. I was unsuccessful. Okay. What were we looking up? I don't know if in Scotland, if you run the clans in the time period this takes place in, if you're called a king or a queen, or if you're called something else. I also don't know if they have a thing, like what they have as a coronation or if they even call it a coronation. This all felt very shorthand. And I was like, I would love to know what the actual process is for getting somebody in that leadership position. But I couldn't find it, so I'm just letting you guys know I took that journey and it got me nowhere. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough, especially since it. I I also did like the quick first quick search, and it was a lot of like directs back to the King of England, and I feel like that would piss them off more. Uh, so let's <laughs> let's ignore that part. But yeah, I so also like, is I coronated know- a word. I typed in coronated. You get <laughs> <laughs> coronary. <laughs> You do have a yeah. I'm gonna have it's my coronation. I I'm I'm going to be coronated. He she it coronate. <laughs> like, 
Well, Merida's experiencing some doubts upon her coronation. Um, she's not sure, you know, sure she saved her brothers and she's reunited everybody and they're all, they've all agreed to follow her. She's going to be crowned. But is she really going to do a good job? But don't worry. Her mom, who is eight, who was eight when she gave birth, <laughs> and they've drawn these horrible, like, fake wrinkles on her. I mean, this woman Ugh. is a very attractive, beautiful woman. The aging that they did on her is so bad. And then the wig they put on the her. The biggest wig. It's so giant. It's so big. They're like, she needs to have a big braid. A big wig. <laughs> like, who voiced this character again? Like, in the original movie? Like, I know who it is. I gotta... F- Hold on. I have to uh, find Queen out Eleanor. Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Like, Emma Thompson is the right age for this character. Why didn't they cast a woman who was Emma Thompson's age to be her mother? They instead, like, anyway. <laughs> anyway. And I'm, and also, like, you know, Caroline Morahan, she's fine. She, was, she wasn't great. Like, I would have... Honestly, put freaking L- L- Lily Knight, who played the witch, make her the mom. Like, you know, I don't know. Age appropriate casting, please. You can, you can, yeah. Like, I I do like that they were, like, fully willing to, like, make Fergus look old. Like, it almost had, like, a, like a 2000s sitcom vibe to it, where it's like, look at this dork of a man and his absolute smoke show wife that you cannot fathom why they are together um but also apparently they're all friends in real life yay oh that's sweet i love facts like that i'm like reading the wiki i'm like oh good i'm so glad Best <laughs> friends everyone's friends all right well just as she's about to be crowned queen of all she surveys uh the witch shows up and she's like uh so i've got this helm that i made for your dad and uh, your whole life, your whole reality is a lie. He couldn't lead anybody. He used this helm to trick people into dying for him. I kind of feel like that revelation in the middle of this crowd would have gotten a bigger reaction because a lot of people lost their children that day. Yeah. Hi, I'm here to slander the king in full view of everyone. Like that's witch or no. I feel like there's a difference between bombarding a wedding versus bombarding a coronation like the threat is different there are different levels of threat and i feel like going in and slandering the fallen king who died in battle and been like oh he had a magic helmet that led everybody then to like uno reverse it at the end and no one says anything when it's revealed fine versus when she's just like no he kind of he kind of sucked i gave him i gave him powers that no man should hold Oh, 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 we should be mad at Merida. I hate her whole kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the thing is, like, I feel like if somebody came in and was like, yeah, your whole kingdom is Ill- illegitimate because your father could not lead. He tricked people into following him. He manipulated them. I feel like all the grieving parents who lost their sons in that battle would have a thing to say about it. I think that whole room would have erupted in utter chaos and everyone would have been murdered. Like, again, a lot more of those guys walked away from that battle than they should have when your king falls in that battle. 
Um, so I do think it should have been, like you're saying, it should have been a bunch of people who were grieving the losses. It should have just been a crowd full of very angry women. Just mm-hmm. like my son, because it's they're they're not a large kingdom. That was probably every single person. <laughs> it's like forty in, people. There's forty people. Like this is what's left. It's left. It's just like a women of just, like just angry Scottish women because King Arthur showed up and murdered their son and husband. Like I would not want to. Like I wouldn't want to deal with a bunch of angry widowers who had lost their children. That witch was a very brave, brave woman. <laughs> Well, I mean, we 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 want to see them all be brave, including the witch. We want to see you be brave. Who either wants the helm back or ten thousand dollars? Either one, but I she's gonna it. collect or turn them all into bears. And again, there's not very many of them, so ten thousand dollars—that's too much money. According to Merida, it would bankrupt everyone. Yeah, and also it wouldn't be that many bears, so. Maybe just all become bears. You know who doesn't have to worry about money? Bears. That's true. Who yeah. gets to sleep for several months out of the year with bears. no repercussions? Yeah. Bears. Like, could you imagine be like, I'm going to Scotland and you go and it's just overrun by wild bears? It'd be awesome. <laughs> just, we don't go onto this island. We just kind of sail next to it and look at the the bear society that is formed. Well, yeah, awesome. because like the mom very quickly, you know, was human like bear. I'm sure well, many of them would become, you know, would would embrace their humanity as bear, and we just have a whole awesome bear society. Yeah, they're at I the top it, of the food chain. They feel like well, see, and then then you flooded the system with predators, so then maybe like they're they don't have to worry about money, but they do have to worry about the food chain. So then they would have bear wars for resources. They're well, just like people. But I heard. <laughs> There's a little kingdom down south called Camelot that just invaded. And they got a lot of people. Could lot- you ima- could you imagine <laughs> if all of these, these like these people could turn into bears, but like wild form wise, where it was just like, we're gonna go invade Scotland and they just all turn into bears? Why don't we just ask the que- like the witch for those powers? Like, hey, can we just be werebears? <gasps> werebears. <gasps> werebears. I want a werebear. Oh, that'd be so much fun. Well, no one wants to be bears because they don't want awesome. <laughs> I don't That's like fish. Loss. I don't like fish. Mm, I wouldn't be a good bear. <laughs> so Merida's got to solve the problem. She is going to find the helm so that she can return it to the witch. But she can't do it alone. She's got to go find Mulan. Where does she find Mulan? How does she find Mulan? Who the hell knows? We don't need to worry about that because Mulan is there. She's hardened. She's embittered. She's lovelorn. And she's never going to get resolution for that. So just letting you know. Mulan, her whole story arc is, I fell in love with this guy. He didn't feel the same way. I fell in love with his girlfriend. She didn't feel the same way. I needed to go find myself. I found myself with this lovely lady named Ruby. And she fell in love with someone else. <laughs> and I'm alone forever. This because is Because not- Disney wouldn't give me a girlfriend. Mulan is not eat, pray, loving correctly. <sighs> she just... <sighs> Listen, I will give her, I give her props. Again, if you're going to do an eat, pray, love situation, one of those stops should be in Scotland. Like... Julie Roberts' character did it all wrong. She went to the wrong places. You got to go to, like, Scotland. Like, for probably the eat. 
I'd go for eat. Scottish eating in Scotland just good meat on your bones, hearty food. I like cold. Scotland. You gotta have I, warm warm stews. Warm. Get a warm stew belly going. Sit by a fire. Get under some big blankets. Ugh. Beth, let's go to Scotland. <laughs> let's let's take a girls trip. Uh, like Ruby and Mulan end up. <laughs> Like, we're going to go on a girl's trip uh, to go find a pack of wolves. But we'll go look in Scotland well, and go stay at a castle. Al- but I don't want to go looking for wolves unless I can turn into a bear because I got to protect myself. Okay. So first we got to find the magic ale that's going to turn us into bears. Yes. Because I'm so, assuming there's more than one kind of magic I ale. I drank the wrong magic ale and now I'm haunted by all my dead relatives. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> No, see, I mixed them together, so now I'm haunted by all the dead bears. <laughs> they're just dead bears being like, can you feed? Like, they're just like dogs. Can you feed me? Hello. You have fish. Hi. <laughs> all right. So she comes across uh, She comes across Mulan, who is extorting for money. Well, she's not extorting. Yeah, she is extorting because it's like, she's not filling her end of the bargain with her boss. And yet she's like, well... I don't care. Give me my money anyway. And then she just starts killing everybody. She is, she is hardened. She is, she is, she is mean. She is not having a good time. And Mary's she's a sellsword. Like, she's a mercenary. What's going on, Mulan? What Get it is together. going on, Mulan? And Meredith, that's her first words out of her mouth. What happened to you, Mulan? We were so cool. You See, were I talk so about it. chill. I won't talk she's about like, me. I'll help you, but you can never ask me that. And then five minutes later, hey, Mulan, what's going on with you? I like that Mulan's doing the like high school locker thing, like you're like undoing it. <sighs> Mulan, what's what? wrong? Oh my god, I don't want to talk about it. Leave me alone. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, they head back to the the battlefield, which has ne'er been touched in two years because Merida's original bow is original arrow is there. With the cloth that she managed to strike when she missed killing the man who was about to kill her father. And so they're going to use it to track. So they need to like do a spell or something. It doesn't matter because it's not, it doesn't happen right away. They need to have Ruby for that. Because they, I don't remember everything that happens. Like Zelina shows up, Arthur shows up. They have like a, mini battle first i got so confused here abby can we just like skip to when merida gets sad and leaves listen we 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 get we get uh basically you know what we'll do our flashback to granny's first because guess what ruby's here and we need to explain how ruby ended up in fairy tale scotland Yes, because Mer- Mulan, the wolf that was guarding the witch's hut, is actually Ruby, and Mulan immediately recognizes that it's a hot lady in the body of a wolf, and manages to free her with relatively little effort. I, I, I love non-magical people showing up into dire magical moments and solving things easily. Oh, I don't really, I don't really mess with magic very much, but. It's like, you just reversed a spell, put on a witch, put on a werewolf by a witch, barely by doing anything? Okay. Bell's an alchemist now. People, you know, people can surprise you. I love the idea that if you just have a book, you can do anything. You don't need any actual field experience. You just need to be able to have the book and follow the directions like it's a Betty Crocker recipe. Oh my God. Remember Prince Philip was a Yahweh? 
Guess who oh. saw that? <gasps> it Boy. was Belle in her book with Mulan. You know what? I'm not super impressed by Rumple anymore. <laughs> kind of <laughs> seems like anyone could do this. <laughs> so, yes. So, we do discover that Ruby in her awesome sexy corset she she is now back into her 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 womanly form, looking fantabulous in both scenes, in the forest and in this flashback. This this episode, she first of all, I like to give her credit for being trapped in a wolf form, but then reappearing with the most amazing voluminous curls I've ever seen in my life. That I. And I know this about Ruby. We've seen it about her before, but sometimes she's 50% hair. And I, st- I, I know it's not a wig. I don't know how much of it is like extensions or anything. I think it, it does because it looks like a lot of hair. But my God, she carries it so well. She looks like if you put that same amount of hair like on me, I'd look like I was trying for out for like Miss America. <laughs> but like she, she just looks absolutely fire. I I love the idea of being able to be like I'm wolf form, but now I'm, I'm I'm back as a woman, and I look makeup perfect. Does she ever have to wash her face? Does she just get to exist with perfect makeup all the time and perfect hair? Because now I want to be a werewolf for a multitude of other reasons. So yes, Ruby looks amazing. Her return, she she decides to come back with everything she's got good for her yeah because basically we see a flashback to the naming of prince neil and ruby's totally there in the side shot practically green screened in it's very funny she's watching from the back as prince this is like a scene from season three and then ruby's kind of getting sad walking away jennifer goodwin shows up she's one of the only actors to really kind of make a crossover into this episode and she's like hey girl what's wrong because they're best friends they're bffs and she's and ruby's like so i'm not having a great time i don't fit in i don't ever fit in and i have a dead-end job so i think i'm gonna like Go back to Storybrooke with this magic bean I happen to get. The Enchanted Forest. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I I do, like, I like the reason that they did it, but I also think that they put so much of it. So much of it was put into her little exposition where Mm -hmm. it was just like, and I get it. Like, you have experiences as a werewolf. You would like, and you know that there are other people like you. You would like to be able to do that. But it was just like, no one gets me here. It's fine. But anyway, remember Tiny and his in his in his things? We got one bean and I'm gonna use it. And I'm not gonna invite anyone else to join me. Yeah, I'm not gonna see if anyone else would like to go to the Enchanted Forest and go back home because we're all back here and maybe some people didn't choose to want to be there or they'd like to take a vacation back home, whatever. I'm just gonna go and not tell anybody. And Snow's like, absolutely. I have absolutely no questions about any of this. This is the perfect plan because I'm your best friend and I'm very understanding. Very, very characteristic of Snow to have no follow-up questions. Or judgments. So is Dunbrook part of the Enchanted Forest? Is Camelot part of the Enchanted Forest? I don't know because Arthur refers to it as a land called Dunbrook. So I don't know if it's like... You know, Arendelle or Camelot. I feel like this is 
maybe it's very much like the United Kingdom, where it's like it's it's a landmass, and I'll call that we'll call the big landmass the Enchanted Forest. But then there's all these little islands. It has to be because they weren't touched by the curse. Correct. Yeah. Like, because in season two, there's that one pocket that doesn't get blown away in the curse, and it's like a desolate wasteland. That's how Prince Philip and Aurora end back. Speaking of which, they probably would have liked to go back home too. Ruby. Come on. They were in the scene and they're full, like they were wearing their full regalia. Like they, that's their jam. They don't, they don't want indoor plumbing. They're fine. It's such a great, it's such a like, oh man, I don't even know the proper like metaphor for this. But it's just like, it's the whole like trying to kill a fly with a grenade situation. Like this might be a little overkill for it just to be you. Like maybe, maybe let's think about this for a little bit. Tell other people that you're doing this. Figure out if there was a way to like find Ariel and have her like swim under the whatever and then go talk to the Enchanted Forest or Enchanted Forest and be like, hey, do you guys want to go to Storybrooke? We'll form a line. Like this is a big deal. Opening a magic bean portal is kind of a whole thing. Well, yeah. And it, it I think it's a really interesting storyline to present an interesting moral quandary of, you know, what about those people who don't want the modern world, who want to return <coughs> back to Storybrooke? I like, you know, what if that divided up families? What if that divided up relationships? What if Charming wanted to go back, but Snow didn't? And what if he made the choice? Like, I think these are all very interesting questions, but we we're, we don't have time or interest in doing that. Like, Tiny would have wanted to go back. Yeah. Like, I know. That's the whole reason he was making the field in the first place. He wanted to go back. I do. I think it would also explain why when we get later in the seasons, there's only like 20 people in the town anymore. Because like, who would stay? Who would stay in Storybrooke? Be so real. you think they're all just heading back to the Enchanted Forest? I think forest? as... All finding beans? As magic beans slowly start cultivating, they just start going. I, I can't imagine. I, I feel like... While iPhones and indoor plumbing are rad, I think if the choice is staying in Storybrooke and not being able to go anywhere else, it's not like they get to go on a weekend to Vegas. There's always a curse. They are trapped in that town. Would you rather be trapped in that town or be able to go somewhere else with the knowledge you have now to the Enchanted Forest and be able to have a little bit more control over your life? I feel like I'd go back. Yeah, that sounds pretty great and to me. Take, and we will, hey, listen, what, guess what I learned about indoor plumbing? And we take indoor plumbing to the Enchanted Forest. <laughs> Let's talk about the magic of plumbing. Uh, well, that's not at all what happens because we have a better story idea than the showrunners writers do in this episode. Instead, it's Meredith's sad because Zelina like takes her bow and she's like, I'm going to use this to track down the helm. Bye. So Merida's like, I can't do this. I'm going to go talk to the guy with the blue face paint and tell him he can rule the kingdom if he can find the helm for me. And just as she's about to do that, Merida, sorry, Mulan and Ruby. This episode's really confusing to me. Mulan and Ruby come in and go, uh, 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 don't do that, girl. I found my honor again. I have found my hero-ness i also found this hot lady named ruby she's also a wolf 
She's going to help us. Mulan, you seem like you're in such a better mood. Yeah, I found this wolf, but it turned into a hot lady whose legs don't quit. Holy crap. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I see what's happening here. Um, so, by the yeah. way, um, so there's a lot of ships related to all these pairings, understandably. Let's go. So, this one, Ruby and Mulan, is called Red Warrior. Okay. I don't remember the one with Mulan and Aurora. I don't think it really matters right now because she's not in the show. Um, but if you wanted a thruple of Red, Mulan, and Merida, it's called Brave Red Warrior. Oh, the Mulan and Aurora ship name is, is again, not flexing a whole lot of, mu- uh, straining a whole lot of muscles doing this one. Sleeping Warrior. See, that explains why... The quadruple ship between Red, Mulan, Aurora, and Mulan is called Sleeping Red Brave Warrior. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean... I, it's a lot. It's a yeah, lot. But also, you know, Merida runs a kingdom. She's got a lot of money. She's got a big place. She could totally support a quadru- quadruple. I see it. Oh, I'm going to check something to see if it's a thing. What are you checking? Uh, The fact that they don't spell. uh, spell. I tried to do Merida and Aurora to see if anyone drew that line. And the first thing that came up was Meg and Aurora. Megora. Megrora is, is the ship name for Megara and Aurora. That's just bad. It's a Megarora. It sounds. It sounds like, like, um, the megalodon. Like, if they were like the megalodon, but it's a girl. <laughs> like they tried to do like a random weird. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Well, I know that the ship between Ruby and Dorothy is red slippers or ruby slippers. I think. Okay. Um, and. So I imagine if you had, like, the whole thing, it would be Sleeping Bread, Brave Warrior Slippers, if you wanted the Sanctuplet. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah. But anyway, so they're all going to go stop Arthur and Zelina, who have found the helm in the water with very, very uh, little difficulty. And then we get a quasi-battle with very little difficulty. This whole thing was very stupid. They didn't care for any of it. No. It's all just people pointing arrows at each other or pointing swords. Other people pointing swords. Then other guys pointing arrows and being like, this is our queen. We'll defend her with our lives. Arthur goes, da-da-da-da-da-da. And orders Zelina, who's been drugged out, to whisk them away. And at no point does Zelina go, hey, I can magically whisk people away. Why don't I just magically whisk the helm with us? Thank you. That (laughs) drove me bonkers. Like, we lift it up out of the water. And Uh then we stare at it and talk about it. And then, like, we kind of get it. But not really. And then she only uses the power. Like, she just stands around there being like, "Do do you know who I am? Do you know me? Hello, Wicked Witch? Oh, I'm asleep now. It's such, like, it's so bad. This is so hurried and rushed. And then again, it then is hurried and rushed as she then gets the helm. And been like, oh, I have it now. Because we learned earlier 
that this isn't the helm. No, this no, no, is, the, the original this is one the wasn't helm. the helm. The original yeah, one be- wasn't the one. The one that they went to find originally was not the helm. The one that they found in the water is the helm. Yes. And then we do a lot of exposition as to why this was. Because, like, he was like, I have it. Now I don't want it. So I will throw it into the lake instead of, I don't know, returning it to the witch. I didn't understand that logic, I guess. Oh, yeah. She's like, no, I'm not going to give it back to you. I'm going to destroy it. And we'll all just turn no, into bears. I'm saying, why didn't da- Why didn't Fergus... Like, Fergus got it, and then he was, like, so disgusted with himself for having it, he then threw it into the lake. Was that him yeah. trying to get rid of it? <laughs> like, him being like, no, man should hold this power. Meh. Yeah, he signed a contract. I guess like, that's fair. Okay. You know, he, well, no, he should have given it back to the witch. You're absolutely right. Maybe there was something in the terms of service that he wasn't aware of. Like, if you return this, you do have to be a bear for 55 days. Mm. Um, and you did check that you confirmed it after you did the captcha so like <laughs> sorry about that so you bear also you will not be getting taylor swift tickets sorry we did give you pre-sale codes but like the witch is just a dick oh <laughs> like, uh, but anyway yes we now have the helm yes we now have the helm merida has now proven that she can lead her people i found it really just kind of hilarious that the whole thing is about battles like leading people into battle and fighting but then like the whole scene is is just about five people and then all the extras just show up to stand around at the end like there's no battle to lead mary doesn't lead anybody she's just there yeah and then but she then she gets crowned she got the little tiny crown on her big hair and it looks I lo- a little funny. I, I I was happy that it wasn't something weird and ridiculous. Like it was like this is this crown was for a queen as opposed to like a kingly crown we've decided to put on her. And I feel like if they would have put too big of a crown on her, it would have made her look much younger. So like this worked, I guess. I didn't hate it. Um but yeah. I do love yeah. It reminded me a bit of the Queen of the North, like Sansa's crown. Like, yeah it, it's 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 understated but regal yes um i and will the witch tell you shows up and, oh sorry go ahead i was gonna say i was gonna just lead into that of i was like my favorite part of this episode was the witch coming in the second time because merida's like um you're early we said we needed to return it at sunset and she was like yes everyone gets turned into bears at sunset so i thought i'd show up five minutes early just to make sure i wasn't dealing with a bunch of bears like she spouts a bunch of logic randomly as throwaway lines. I loved that. <laughs> She's like, yes, no, you turned into bears at midnight. I'm showing up early to make sure you don't need to turn into bears. Like, you misunderstood the meeting notes. <laughs> yes. G- give, me, give me my helm or give me my money. And she's like, no, I'm not going to give you either one. I'm instead going to destroy this helm because nobody should have this power. Guys, we're all just going to turn into bears, okay? We're, we're cool. Bear? Yeah, cool. I mean, I would just be like, as there, the be queen, like, yeah, bear. As the Go queen, ahead. I have decided that we will all be turning into bears. And as a bear queen, my first, uh, my first thing will be to destroy this helmet. I love the idea of like a room full of thirty bears who can't get out, like panicking, but then also trying to destroy a piece of steel. <laughs> no, I, I feel like the moment Merida turned into Berida, yeah, she would see that helm. And put it on her head 
and then she'd have an army of devoted bears just and just, nothing could stop her she goes full like she turns into a bear but like an evil bear and she's like placing it on her head and it speaking of we're invoking game of thrones just like the game of thrones stuff starts playing the fires start going like it gets all very but bears bears I'm baby a, bears bears i'm obsessed with first of all that's a fantastic theme song for this second of all i'm obsessed with the i'm not gonna take your test rips it up that was the test you passed <laughs> vibe of this whole scene <laughs> i know she's like that's what i wanted you to do this whole time that's what I wanted him to do this whole time. This whole test was a test not for him, but for you. I through the years. As a as a just as a moment of introspection, I realized I would be a mean and terrible queen because my first thing would be to murder this woman. Like you don't don't do this. You don't do she She's just This seems like a lot to be playing around with your monarchy. Like, she's dicking with the monarchy. Like, that doesn't just... Everyone's like, oh, we did learn a lesson. We're all so proud of ourselves. And then she's allowed to then leave. Like, if someone did that to Regina... Obviously, when Rumple did it, like, it's a little bit different. But could you imagine if someone tried to do that to Regina? Being like, I played you this whole time, and now you've learned a lesson, and now you are a better queen for it. They would be charred on the floor. Yeah. So... I mean, Meredith does get rightfully ticked off. Like... She shows her frustration, but like also, you know, Regina has magic. Merida does not. She does have a bow and arrow, but a witch is a witch and can turn her into a bear. So here was my other question about the helm. Do you think, because the whole time Merida is holding the helm. Do you think it works like the dagger? Where you don't even need to be meaning to command the Dark One. If you are giving instruction while holding it, they obey you. Where the helm gives you the power to command armies of men. If you're simply holding it, do you think everyone was like, yeah, let's fight for her because she's holding the helm? I don't. I think it's very funny, but I actually think that they were very specific in when you wear this helm. Oh, it has to be connected. Could you imagine if it didn't work on Merida because her hair was too thick? <laughs> <laughs> Just keeps falling off. It's like, look, no, but it's like looking for like a brain. Like the magic must be like looking for, but it's just like, there's too much. It's like a, it's just like, nope, there's too much here. Cause like Fergus, when he put it on, it was like jangling all over the place. Like, ding, 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 ding. Do you imagine having the bruising on the head from the fact that the helmet doesn't fit you? Ding, 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 ding. Anyway, sorry. I'm just imagining how big that was on him versus how smashed on it would need to be for Merida. Anyway. Luckily, we don't need to know because the helm now no longer matters. It's gone back to the deep. The helm's deep. It is yeah. gone forever. So we have to wrap up a little bit. Our wonderful storyline that we all care so deeply about. First, we've got Merida. She's at her father's grave. Ruby and Mulan show up and they decide to go off together to help Ruby find more of her kind and to give Mulan some some a, a new direction. Because as Mulan says, like, my heart got broken. I have a broken heart. I'm a sad person. And Ruby's like, I know what that's like. Wink, wink. Why don't you and I, like, 
just go. And the fact that they set this up and didn't follow through, but follow, but they did, but only with the public domain characters that Disney doesn't put in their parks. It's you're you were right when you said earlier this is like the textbook of mid 2010s queer baiting. It's yeah. like it's we can do it but only to a certain point. No one gonna, who is our recognizable IP. Well, and also like if you read any reviews about the episode itself, a couple of them do mention how much Ruby and Mulan's return and them being and them interacting with each other was pushed. Like it was part of the, hey, watch this episode. These mm-hmm. two characters come back. So they weren't like even big surprises. Like when you first watched them, they were like, hey, guess what? They're here. And it's this is why I won't do my full like TED talk on like queer baiting, but that's what that is. It's a hey. This is here. You should come watch it. But then never following through with what they know they are showing you. Mm-hmm. And and it's Once Upon a Time was bad for that. For a lot yes. of like. And so like not that they were the only ones, but this was a, a, a very good example. Yeah, because they started with Mulan and then they brought in Ruby And then instead of following through with Mulan, who was the first established, well, established in quotation marks, who was the first implied queer character, they instead shifted over to Ruby and somebody else. And like, I don't have like some people are like, oh, well, Ruby was only with guys beforehand. That doesn't matter. You can be you can be queer and never be in a same sex relationship. That's not like or you discover later in life or you have you know, mostly male relationships. And then you date a woman later. Like that is all totally normal, especially to be perfectly honest for those who were in older generations who maybe weren't encouraged or perhaps actively discouraged from exploring those parts of their identities. Am I getting a little personal right now? Maybe, who knows? <laughs> I was like, ooh, we're, we're, we're <laughs> edging some raw nerves here. But, but you're right though. It's like the the... I hate that kind of discourse, the bi-erasure discourse yep. of being mm-hmm. like, well, she, whatever. It's like, well, to be fair, yeah, like, you could say that about Ruby, but Ruby also, like, fully ate a boyfriend. So, like, I don't know <laughs> if we're going to be using her past dating life. Like, I do like that joke, being like, I don't know if I can give dating advice because I ate my boyfriend. No, you're right. You don't. You don't get any of points here. I just, I wish they would do things like that a little bit more thoughtfully. Now, obviously, this was in a time when shows like, again, I'll say this up top. I do, I used to love How I Met Your Mother. It has aged like raw, like absolute spoiled milk on a counter. That was what the kind of, sh- the shows were. It was like weird jokes like that, but also not wanting to push representation. Mm-hmm. Like, what a weird pairing of being like, we, we're going to do all this stuff and we're going to make really weird out-of-pocket jokes and we're going to like tempt you with the idea of these relationships that would be real would be real relationships that would have more, maybe not more, but like would give a different dimension to the show. Mm -hmm. Because in a world like the Enchanted Forest, like that wouldn't be a problem. It's one of the things I don't like about like the whole Game of Thrones thing where like 
or House of the Dragon thing where they were just like suddenly they're bringing in like weird gay politics, like being anti this, that and the other thing. It's like, did that need to exist? I feel like it didn't really exist in Game of Thrones. Maybe I'm not maybe I'm just not remembering it. But like if you have a pretend land, you don't have to bring our real world politics into it. You can have like a land where this stuff doesn't matter as much. And that's a bigger conversation we can get to in a lot of different ways as far as well, gender yeah. representation, gender identity, uh, race, ethnicity, origin. There's a whole big can of worms we could open up with that in terms of fantasy and science fiction, you know, and the lenses that we choose to tell them in. That is, we got to put big, this, just kind of, got to stop that. This is, this is us being down. so bored by this episode. We've launched into like a 50 page uh paper dissertation of yeah sorry i'm in i'm in exam mode so like my brain is in it's goo but it is in i must speak in academic vernacular (laughs) and tell you every thought i have so anyway none of this really comes in anything they go on a girl's trip i kept the yeah i kept having like spice girl jokes in my head pop up just be like what just wanted them to get on a bus together go tour I have to honestly wonder if the show runners or the writer at the time wanted Ruby and Ulan to be together and like left the door open. And then a Disney executive came in and was like, nope, you cannot do that. We, we have her on T we have her on t-shirts. You can have Ruby. Ruby could be gay. Because we don't do anything with the Little Red Riding Hood story. Give her someone else's in the public IP. That's fine. But none of our none of our protected characters that we need to safeguard. Because Disney doesn't have a great relationship with that. Like They're still fighting with this. They're still, they're still fighting, with fighting this. this. I mean, Loki. They gave him a throwaway line that they could cut in international versions. Uh, same with that scene in the Buzz Lightyear movie and this new movie, Strange Worlds, that has a gay protagonist, didn't get a lot of promotion. I'm not I'm not going to say that it's intentional sabotage, as some people have been saying on TikTok and, and social media and stuff. But I do think that I don't think it's intentional, but I think Disney does, you know, they... They know their audience, they know their conservative audience, and they're going to be well cautious. Because we do come up with this problem with the return of of Ruby Slippers. Mm-hmm. Like, when that comes back, I remember distinctly having a conversation about how they were trying to push something, but, like, the mother's group of moms against something or other, there was some group that was just like, we will be protesting this, but they didn't even know what was happening. Like, someone <laughs> gave them... They're the kind of people that try to ban books that just have, like, teenagers who are multifaceted. Be like, this this character has too many layers and thinks about boys in a sexual manner. That's not what a 17-year-old do. We should burn this book before, lest we give them ideas. How terrible would that be? Like, I remember that that comes up. So, like, we were not, and we are not currently out of the world in which people will absolutely throw fits if they are not being represented 100% on the screens that they watch. The idea of someone with a different worldview being presented to them is a world they don't want to live in. And it makes them angry to their very cores. Yeah. I went anyway. to a drag show over the weekend. I had to get wanded to make sure I didn't have a gun on me. Like, uh, 
I'm in Ohio. They had to cancel a drag show because someone sent too many threats and no one felt safe. So they had to cancel them. So, yeah. We literally had a domestic terrorist attack in North Carolina a couple days ago where they cut the power lines to try and cancel a drag show. You didn't see this? There's that. There was like the whole power outage in North Carolina. It's not confirmed, but it's believed that it was tied to protests against a drag show. Beth, there's so much happening all of the time that even domestic terrorist events are being buried. We've gotten so far afield. Anyway, Merida. <laughs> bear. Bear, Merida. beer. Merida There's is bears. presented with beer. Here, Merida. Bears. Beers. Here's Battlestar some- Galactica. Beers, yeah. beers, bows, and Battlestar Galactica. Yes. That's, so- that's it. Yeah, so show... Now Ruby and Mulan, Red Warrior, they're off to go uh, queer bait as the as as long as the day is long or however you want to say it. And Merida's got her beer. And Abby, this was I think this moment was the first one I distinctly remember talking about with you for the podcast. <laughs> Yay, I remember too. <laughs> right? Cause the way that she just like Squirts the beer out everywhere. I remember you lost your mind. And it was amazing. In what world does a witch hand you magical ale and says a couple dudes, sweetie, just whatever, and your thought is to squirt it on the grave? I, I'm, I'm offended on so many levels. <laughs> See, I'm not because it, it, it's totally Merida. Like that's totally something Merida would Merida would do. So it characterize it totally fits. I I get I get that I do. I kind of wish she would have done the thing where she would have like tried to drink it, but like she doesn't like beer because that seems like a characterization of her, like of being like she she would throw these parties because like I know that they do that in Brave where they have the big party and they bring out the the kegs and stuff. Like her not liking beer. Like just imagine her drinking a bunch, like squeezing a bunch into her mouth, and then going and spitting it all over the, all over the grave, and that's how he shows up. I, I'm kind of wondering. Again, like there's these whole things with the protected Disney IP where they had a lot of control over what the characters mm. could do. I wonder if that's how it was originally written. Okay. And, and like where she she tried to drink it and she spat it out, and then he's like, "Don't waste it. It's good ale." Yeah. That checks out with that. But like, oh no, Merida can't drink alcohol. The morality police arrived and said she cannot be consuming, even though she's very of age. Like she's well in her 20s at this point. I mean, you know what? That's right. Yeah. I, 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 it drives me nuts. I just, Merida would have took taken a swig. She might not have liked it, but I feel like there, a deep Scottish vibe in her of just being like why would you squirt it not even like she poured it out that's like she like did it like it's like she was trying to like douse something with gasoline before she set it afire (laughs) so this is where so i also tried to do a little research into this and i'm unsuccessful because there's a lot of information but like the witch tells her that it'll bring her father still back from the underworld now here's the thing in scott in Scottish mythology, they don't subscribe to the underworld that is ruled by Hades. Yeah. Um, I'm looking right now. <laughs> Shocking. Shocking that this. Um, on Sea, which is like the the supernatural parallel world. 
Um, there's also the just kind of the general afterlife where uh, like ancestors live in the hills or there's also reincarnation. There's a lot of mythology in, in Scotland and Ireland related to the afterlife and none of it involves blue hair Hades. So I just thought this was very funny that it's just like, well, we got to tease the underworld a little bit more. That's where her dad is. I it's Religious what, beliefs be damned. One of my favorite jokes in uh, Simpsons, it was in like a Treehouse of Horror episode where they killed Ned Flanders and you see him go to heaven. And he's like, oh, man, I'm going to heaven. I'm so excited. And he gets up there and he was like, oh, Buddha. Boy, I was barking up the wrong tree. Really has that vibe to me. It's just like the Scottish people don't subscribe to it. Could you, how surprised would they be when they got downstairs to a, a blue hair's Hades and a very, if I'm remembering correctly, a system that doesn't quite make a lot of sense as to how souls are stored. <laughs> I just also the saying underworld, like they could have called it something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the afterlife, said, like. You know. From beyond or something, but then be like, oh, but the, you know, the the mainlanders or the, the people that cut your father down, they'd have called it the underworld. But, you know, you know it. We call it this. and Like, like what they did with, with Arendelle and yeah. Enchanted Forest and Mist Haven and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, oh, well, you get to you get to see him from like the underworld and for Merida to go the what? Oh, that's just what whoever calls it you know it better as and then she says better better in line with with, with what their belief structure would probably be hell isn't he's in hell he died <laughs> he's in hell and Cruella Deville's the mayor <laughs> could you imagine i don't think we ever see her dad cuz i don't think that the, the the brave stuff makes it all the way down to the underworld could no you imagine a world in which cruella deville is trying to talk to king fergus from brave <laughs> That's 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 a fan fiction that somebody if they haven't written already they should because also you know he's he's passed he's moved on maybe he needs a new love in his life oh my god we have met Merida I'm so excited to introduce you to my new wife hello darling. <laughs> She does make a bunch of cloaks out of bear skin, but like, she's very nice otherwise. (laughs) Well, they, so they have a tender moment, not about introducing the new lady in his life. (laughs) And then he, I have to go, Amanda. Where are you? (laughs) The missus is calling. And he says goodbye. She says she misses him. It's a tender moment. It's very sweet. And then he fades into blue smoke. Hint for later. And then she looks off into the distance, says a line about getting Arthur, and then the episode is over. And that's season five, episode nine, The Bear King, or as it was known in German, it was called Strong Like a Bear. Ooh. And French called it The Helmet of Dunbrock, and they get a demerit for that because that's so boring. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I... No, I like strong like bear, mostly because it sounds it has that like really Russian, almost sounds like a Russian vibe. Strong like bear, um, yeah, yeah. Bear King's all right, most, but it's like it, it not really about Fergus. I I like the Bear Queen. That'd be cool. Yeah. So, anyway, so anyway, as like just general impressions of this episode. If you are 
if I was watching it twice in a row, like with the other one, I'd be pissed off. Oh, yeah. Like, livid. I can't even remember how I felt last time. Watching it by itself started out, I'm like, okay, I'm here for the ride. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. I got less okay as it went on. And by the end, I was just done. I'm surprised we talked about it as long as we did to be, pro- although we kind of went on like a 30 we- minute tangent about LGBTQ rights and all that, all that stuff. So, it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's, is what it is. I think you can always tell when we don't have as much to say when we, we tangent as hard as we do. Um, no, that's, I'm trying to look up. I'm trying to see, I keep trying to see if you can find some of our stuff when you Google it to see if any of it, like, anything got cached somewhere. Because I want to know, I feel like we did a two-part episode. Because I think that's what made me the maddest, where it was just like we did the two parts and it was so strange. It was like talking about two different episodes of two different TV shows. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm, I've been looking, I recently moved and I have a hard drive with the stuff. I just don't know if it works, but I'm looking forward to everybody. I am. But Abby, any final closing thoughts about this episode before we wrap up for the evening? Because, oh God, I gotta go. I, I couldn't possibly come up with another thought ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This, again, like I said, it's, it's fine. It, it did not belong where it was placed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, I think if it would have come perhaps before the hook reveal, it wouldn't mm-hmm. have been as bad. I don't know how they would have done it. I, I just, I also just don't like this whole like Zelina Arthur side quest because it doesn't really do much for Zelina's character, but it just definitely makes Arthur's character worse because the more we learn about him, like not that he's worse as a character. It's just that his character is worse. Yeah. If that makes sense. No. So, like, yeah. this was all, like, wildly honest. I, I enjoyed kind of what they were doing here, but I, I just feel like they didn't put as much love and care into it as they could have. And also, I still have questions about Hook's giant Dark One cloak. So, like... <laughs> well, that's going to be coming up next week, I think. But in the meantime, we want to thank everybody for joining us for this latest episode of Once Upon a Timing. We especially want to thank our patrons, in particular our Swan Queen patrons, or this week I'm going to call you Red Warrior patrons because Yay! I'll ship it even though the Disney executives didn't allow them to. Uh, this week's Patreon shout out goes to La Femme Fix You Now. Thank you so much for supporting us. If you'd like to support us, you can head to patreon.com slash Timing. I want to let everybody know you can subscribe to us on multiple platforms now, not just Apple. You can also subscribe to us on Spotify, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. We are no longer on Spreaker. We are now on Podbean. You can also find us there. You may have noticed a few recent episodes had these weird ads on them. Uh, It's because uh, Spreaker sucks sometimes and they wouldn't allow me to turn them off. So that's why we moved to platforms. Thank you for that. So I do apologize for that. Hopefully those are not an issue anymore. Uh, because we we love we we rely on the support of our patrons uh, to keep us ad free and editorially independent, as we talked about <laughs> once upon a time. So be sure to subscribe to us and support us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, you can also join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. You can find us on Twitter. I am at Beth Elderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. 
And we're going to be back next week with Season 5, Episode 10, Broken Heart. And we're going to get Dark Hook, Hook, Dark Hook, so much guy liner. I'm so excited. Oh, thank you, everybody, for, for joining us and making it through this episode. And Abby, we will see you next week. See you next week, Beth. <laughs>